Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Well, here we are back again, and this episode is officially the finale of season one of Counting the Stars. Who knew there would be more than one season? <laughs> or one episode. <laughs> <laughs> a little touch and go there in the beginning, but I can't believe we've done a full year of this. I mean, we took off a few weeks here and there, but gosh... Well, you've done it. You've been the driver of the thing. So congratulations to you. Oh, well, it wouldn't happen without my co-host here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the question I have for you today is, you know, we've already had our new year in January, but... um, Typically, the practice in a new year or a new season is to look back and see what you've learned or um, how you've grown or changed. Are there one or two things when you look back over this last year that stand out to you? Do you mean specifically related to counting the stars? Oh, just anything. Because counting the stars is about living life, so mm-hmm. it all falls within it. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'm on the spot a little bit, but off the top of my head, I think it's been a very good year. I mean, uh, despite the the noise particularly the political noise around election and COVID. I mean, if one can just kind of put that on the shelf, um, I think it's been a, a good year for me. I, I've, I've grown in personal awareness. Uh, our family has come through this pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've grown, I believe, as a minister. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of personal growth. Uh, And I think in part because of this podcast, there's been growth between the two of us even. Right. Um, And what I was actually thinking about earlier this morning during my first cup of coffee, and we've talked about this some, but... It's very good for me to return to this place. Um, I tend, I can be a very critical thinker, and that's fine. 
and it's necessary. But one of the things about at least the way I've experienced critical thinking is you look for what's awry, you know, mm-hmm. what's amiss and mm-hmm. how can it get better? Again, that's fine, except it can be exhausting and you miss out on experiencing life. You know, the stop and take time to smell the roses type thing. If you're only employing critical thinking, you look at the rose and you begin to deconstruct it and you miss out. So I just began to think of all the things and I don't even know what you would call the opposite of critical thinking, but, you know, for instance, in my own journey of wellness, I can look at myself and, and be critical. You know, you could use, you could stand to lose some more weight. You could, uh, you could exercise some more, increase lung capacity and increase strength. And all that's true. But you know what? I don't take any time to look back and say, you know what, you can still walk and you're in relatively good health and you don't weigh 7,000 pounds and, you know, you've got it. you got a pretty dang good life and you spend so much time alone looking at the stuff that's not right, quote unquote right, or that you can improve. You have totally missed out on how much is right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been thinking about. That's really good. I love all of that, all of it. Um, I think for me, the first thing that pops up, looking back over this last year, is really experiencing the importance, seeing the importance and, and noticing how valuable it is to not hold your future too tightly. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we all love to have our plans set. We love to know what's coming. And boy, that's been kind of taken out of our, it's been pried out of our hands in some ways in the way that we live and what we are allowed to do or, you know, just experiencing that reality and the shift and and knowing that there is another way to live, that you can still dream and you can still make your plans. and But those plans and those expectations coming to pass the way you think they will, don't contr- they don't have to control your happiness. Yeah, because rarely do they work out exactly the way you think they will. <laughs> right. And so happiness is incredibly elusive if that's where we hang our hats. <laughs> and so all the things that I've, you know, invested years and years learning and practicing really got put to the test and and exploded in kind of my own participation and just just appreciation for living in the present moment for looking for the beauty. It's Mm -hmm. just what you're saying, looking at not what's wrong, but looking at what's right. And it takes some, some training and it takes some intentional shifting possibly of the way that you view in the moment. But even a little shift in that arena can make a huge difference. Absolutely. 
Well, and you even said yourself that, you know, our family has fared far better than many have during the past year. Um, and I'm really grateful for that, but it could be that, you know, there are people listening whose lives were really massively impacted. Like their circumstances were completely changed. They lost people that they loved. They lost their homes, whatever it is. Um, those kinds of shifts, uh, you know, you can wake up in a whole different seeming world. Right. So that's exactly right. We don't want to sit here and pretend that, you know, everything's great and we look through the, at the world through rose-colored glasses. Know that there's definitely been incredible impact from all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, not not just the COVID health crisis, but the political fallout that has ripped families apart um, because of ideologies and whatnot. Um, And so, yeah, we've had to navigate a little bit of that on the both sides. Um, uh, You know, having lost a good friend to COVID and I know several others who died, but no one in my immediate family. Um, but yeah, so our, you know, we're certainly, uh, filled with compassion for those who were more adversely affected. And I still, I remember saying this in one of the earliest episodes and I still kind of hold on to this hope and this belief that, Despite what we see on the news so constantly that is divisive and argumentative and the world looks like it's spinning out of control and getting worse, I still believe in the progress of humanity. I still um, trust that people see suffering and their hearts reach out. You know, they... um, they recognize, oh my goodness, that's horrible that that's happened to that person. And, and I feel for them. And that little opening of the heart, whatever form it takes in whatever person, it helps bring them into a place of, of deeper, deeper humanity. I think that that's happened more during this past year than in, in a lot of years, possibly. Huh. Yeah. I haven't thought of it that way. You said something interesting. Well, you always say things that are interesting. Well, thank you. One, Uh, one, one hit in a month is good for me. (laughs) But what I caught on to specifically with what you just said was you, you said when people see suffering. Yeah. And we tend to, in this tech, technological age to be so insular we don't have to see it if we don't want to see it you so you have to see it to be moved with compassion right we we can keep it out um you know with some effort and just live behind our quote-unquote gated communities and gated you know what we allow on our iphone screens and 
and we actually don't come into contact with it. Um, and I think that's when the worst of humanity begins to manifest is we've lost touch with the suffering of our brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, and we're just living in our own little, and it is a fantasy world. But that doesn't negate what you said. I I agree with you, but I think it, it's also true that people live some very insular lives. Yeah. Well, and and they equate suffering with the fact that they can't go eat at the restaurant they want to eat at, which is actually not really suffering. That's just in the grand scheme of things. That's that's entitlement <laughs> gone run bad. amok. Yeah. So they've sufferings become ridiculous. Well, we watched a I mean, speaking of just the virus and what we've been through in the past year and suffering, we watched a short segment on 60 Minutes about just the field of science and the advancements they've made with the attack of this virus has really um, created this momentum to get ahead of the curve now. It's amazing what what they're doing and what they're planning and say is a... You know, it's not a shot in the dark. They're going to make vaccines that completely wipe out all coronaviruses. Yeah. So even watching this segment and and having you say that here, immediately I know there will be people and perhaps people even listening that say, that's just the government lying to you again. Um, they're trying to control you. It's going to be a vaccine that, you know, makes you group think and they're out to get you. And, you know, I don't have proof one way or the other. You've got to decide how you're going to live your life and if you believe that. But, yeah, if what these folks were talking about is if there's some truth to it, and I hope there is, there's some, yeah, amazing news in the future, which uh, is this work towards uh, really eradicating a lot of these uh, viruses and whatnot. And who knows how long it'll take. But mm-hmm. anyway, I do know that there will be people who poo-poo the whole thing immediately, and that's their choice. Yeah. Well, stringing this along one step further into the gospel and into faith and spirituality, um, you know, there there are those who would contribute our circumstances over the past year to some kind of act of God or lesson of God, which we firmly <laughs> denounce that he would ever send curse or you know, a virus in order to try to teach us or show us something. But in the middle of those circumstances, boy, he loves to redeem and he loves to restore and he loves to buoy up with love and encouragement. Absolutely. I mean, I could go on for days on end about what you just said. But if you believe that God does that sort of thing, you need a new God. <laughs> well, not only that, but you better not 
fall completely asleep because he's coming for you next. I mean, what makes you think you're immune? Um, it's it's the most sick and twisted view ever. You know, if he's punishing for something, then the cross meant nothing. Hmm. Because I thought it was finished there. But evidently, he's still mad. And you better walk the straight and narrow, or there's a new virus coming your way. Or, or eternal eternal punishment. <laughs> well, that's after. So first he's going to kill you with a virus, or a tsunami, or a tornado, or maybe he'll just have you in a car wreck, or give you a debilitating cancer. Who knows, but you probably deserve it, and you've done something wrong, and then you're going to get to go for some eternal conscious torment. So if that's what you, if that's why you go to church is to try to alleviate that, I feel sorry for you. There's a better way. <laughs> there is a beautiful, loving, unconditional, accepting God who is who. Well, and those are the gods that God contrasts Himself with within the Scriptures. That's Baal and Asherah. You know. You're just worshiping a pagan god if that's your view of who the, who the Christian god is. Mm-hmm. It's com- you've just co-opted paganism and used Christian terms. Mm-hmm. So enough of that. I can get I can get real fired up because it's just like why bother being a Christian? You might as well just be you know do whatever you want to do. Well, just worship the volcano god because there's no difference, right? It's <laughs> All right. Well, at least y'all know how we feel. (laughs) There is absolutely nothing revelatory about that kind of God. And anyone that says, I've got some good news for you, it's the, you know, the gospel means good news. And then they lay that on you. Hmm. I mean, you need to look at them right in the eye and say, you're fooling yourself. You've got to be kidding. There's nothing good about that. That's tragedy. Greek tragedy. All right. Well, one year in the hopper. Yeah. And, you know, I think that what we just kind of ended on brings it full circle because when you're counting the stars, we all count through a framework. And the framework is either that you've got a good God and creator who upholds the universe through which you're exploring and counting stars and experiencing life, not that it's not still challenging and sometimes grief-stricken. You know, that doesn't just keep you immune from um, the sorrows of life. Or you've got a God like the volcano God, and the universe is really hostile, and that's the way you count your stars. Mm. And so as we reflect on the last year, you know, all of it is couched within how do we view this universe we live within and if we believe there's a God behind it? Because mm-hmm. that matters a lot as to what we see up in the sky. Amen, brother. See you next season. All right. <laughs> and shout out to my brother Harlan. Happy birthday. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter, and we're all really just one big family. 
So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time. Peace.